Welcome to the What's the Point podcast. This is the podcast of Waypoint Church. It comes out every other Thursday. And this is a podcast where we talk about all things going on in the life of Waypoint Church here in Durham, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And I am joined this morning by one of our regulars, Pastor Eric, and two special guests. Uh, Introduce yourselves. I'm Erica Castiglione, Director of Women's Care here at Waypoint. And I'm Megan Klingler, Director of Children's Ministry at Waypoint. And we are so happy to have you guys. They've both been on the podcast before, but this morning we are talking about spiritual disciplines, and it is the season of Lent, and it's we're not from a tradition that does all the Lent stuff, but we definitely here at Waypoint want to practice it and, and take us a time to reflect and to remember that we came from dust and we returned to dust and that... It is important to prepare our hearts for Holy Week and to really think through, you know, Jesus' suffering and and his his crucifixion and him going down and rising up on the third day. And and we're actually going to have a whole slew of things here at Waypoint uh, next week. Palm Sunday is the Sunday sermon will be on Palm Sunday. We're continuing our Matthew series and then we will... On Thursday, we're doing something special for Monday, Thursday, and Monday just means teaching. It's 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 when Jesus, or commandment, it's when Jesus gave them the commands that we read in John 1 through 4, I mean, 14 to 17. I like how you enunciate that, because when I say it, it comes out as like Monday, Thursday. And Monday, Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, Monday, Thursday. Like, I always thought, like, as a kid, what is what is Monday, Thursday? What That's is Monday? Weird. Monday, Thursday, you just jump ahead to Thursday. But you like, you got the... A little bit of Italian in there. Yeah, Monday, there you Thursday. go. There you go. <laughs> so uh, we are Monday, Thursday. We're going to have this thing where you it's stations and you walk around the stations with your family or your roommates or whoever you can walk do it singularly. And you go from station to station reading the accounts from Matthew's gospel. And then at the end, we take communion. Uh, there'll be a communion station. Totally safe. Social distancing. We've, we've done all the protocols. So we really encourage all of you to come out and participate in that then we'll have our good friday service on friday night and sunday easter sunday we will celebrate the resurrection and we will party and have a good time and uh and there will be an egg hunt and there there is an egg hunt for the kids i mean obviously this isn't our normal lawrence level blowout but (laughs) it's going to be good so yeah spiritual disciplines we're here this morning and we before the show started we did talk about maybe we need some podcast merch and we need Waypoint <laughs> needs to start. You know, this podcast is we're on what episode about thirty, Eric? You know, we uh, I think this is thirty seven. Yeah, thirty seven. We're over a year old now. We need merch, now. and you know, we need like we need more merch contest. Design your merch. Yes. Send it to us. We'll yes, see. send it to us, and can't promise anything. But Grace, <laughs> Grace is probably cringing as she's listening to this. She's like, I'm not making more stuff, Danny. There's too many projects already going on. But here we are, spiritual disciplines. Uh, kind of the icebreaker question that I have for you guys, or just tell us about a, you know, an account in your life. And, and just tell us about a time when you were disciplined in something and it went well. And uh, then maybe share about a failure, uh, you know, a time when you tried to be disciplined and it didn't go well. All right, I will share my failure first. There have been several times in my life where I've tried to be a runner. I kind of like the idea of running. I don't like the actual act of running. Um, The first time was my senior year in high school, and I decided, you know, I'm going to be a runner. And I set my alarm and got up early, even before school, and went out to try to run. I lived in Chattanooga, and it was a really, really hilly neighborhood. So I actually lived on a hill, so I had to, like, walk up the hill then I'd run, then I'd walk up another hill. So it was kind of like walk run. I did it for about a week or two. My parents were really surprised because I'm not a very self-disciplined person. So my dad was like, okay, I'll do it with you, you know, and he was gonna encourage me to keep going. So we go out to run together and we walk up the hill, we run, and as we're coming back down, running down the hill by my house, I slip and I go flying. I scraped up the whole side of my arm, my knee, I rolled over. I had slipped on dog poop. No. So side note, (laughs) clean up after your dogs. But secondly, that kind of put a damper on the whole running thing. At first I was like, well, you know, I'm gonna wait until I kind of heal and then I'll start running again. And then it was cold and easier to stay in bed. So that kind of, squash that. So a few years later in college, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a runner. I'm going to do it. And I had lots of roommates that ran and 
eventually I would just get people to walk with me and talk. Like we'd run like a few feet and I'm like, oh, I got a cramp or I can't breathe or whatever. <laughs> so I tried again a few years later in China um, when Danny and I get to know each other. I was like, I'm going to run. He's like, I'll run with you. And yeah, we just... I'll run with you. Code <laughs> <laughs> <Good> language. <laughs> so we ended up just walking and talking and I think we like ran once. That was it. Um, the last attempt was a few years back. Um, Maggie was starting high school and some of her friends were trying to get her to um, join cross country. And I was like, okay, well, I'll, I've always wanted to run. I'll try to run with you. So we downloaded this like couch to 5K program and I guess like daughter, like mother, neither one of us <laughs> stuck with it. So I just decided walking's good. I'm a walker. I love to walk. So um, that was like my, uh, my failed attempts. Um, and I guess uh, my uh, success has been um, Bible reading. When I was about 15, uh, I took a, like a course Bible study that my church was offering called Discipleship Study. And you read through the Bible in a year, and that kind of set the pattern for me. And pretty much for the past 30 years or so, I've read the Bible most every day. Um, and I think one key that's kind of helped me is I don't really have a set time. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but um, like at different seasons, I've done different things. Like when the kids were really little, like I would wait till nap time or just take a book, take my Bible outside if they were playing outside. Um, now, thankfully, I have a really flexible schedule. So often um, after lunch is when I'll have my study time. So I think if I felt like I had to do it every single morning at a certain time, maybe I wouldn't be as disciplined, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so some of the things that come to mind. So, uh, so last year I uh, I did a fast, and it was it was not your your typical what you typically think of when you think of fasting. So for me, uh, I fasted from ESPN, and it's tough. Uh, it was really really hard. Uh, and so uh, I know that sounds like a like a silly thing, but for me, um, like whenever. There's plenty of things that, that go on in life and especially in, in the midst of a pandemic. I mean, it helped a little bit that it was in a pandemic and like all sports kind of shut down. So there wasn't as much to like be excited about, but I still uh, still like had that urge because I like I want to go to something when, when things are hard. I want to go to something that's easy and that's like kind of mindless. And a lot of the, the work that I do I feel like requires a lot of thought. And so uh, ESPN is, is an easy outlet. You know, you don't have to you don't have to think that much about stats or like, like, or, you know, wins or losses or all that, all that kind of stuff is just, uh, oh, this is what's going on in this world and it's fun and it's entertaining. And, um, and so one of the reasons why I wanted to, to do that, one of the reasons why I wanted to, um, to, to kind of cut that out for, for the season of, of Lent last year was, um, because I, I didn't want that to be my go-to for comfort. I wanted, I wanted to, uh, to intentionally take some time to, to really seek the Lord um, and find comfort in the Lord first and not in uh, mindless things like ESPN can be sometimes. And so um, so I learned a lot about myself during during that season, and, and, I, uh, it, and it, was, it was really hard. I, I had a hard time with it, uh, you know, just hearing of different things from, like, you know, Tom Brady goes to the Buccaneers. Like, it, even CNN was uh, covering that information. Like, I'm not supposed to look at that. Like, I didn't want to <laughs> see that. Um, but You're such a disciplined person. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Uh, so I'd say that was that was a success and, and probably mixed in a failure because I think uh, I think one of the things I learned from that too is that you know if, when you're when you cut out one thing it's not it's not just cutting it out like your your heart's still longing for something else and so it's it's easy to fill up that space with other things so so for me it's like uh, I was I ended up being on Twitter a lot more and that was probably not good for my soul either so you know. So when I first read this question, it was um, talk about a time you were disciplined in something and it went well or it went bad. And I read this as reprimanded, like when you're <laughs> reprimanded in something. And so until like 15 minutes ago, that's what I've been thinking about. I was like, I'm really having trouble with this. So I don't know. That might be a Megan little Megan was peak. a really good kid. She <laughs> never got punished ever. Oh, it's no, a it's peek like into my personality that I went to reprimanded. So for my like thing that went well, I'm going to meld that a little bit. Um, my parents required us, if we started an extracurricular activity, you had to finish out the full year of that. Um, so that for basketball with me, did not want to finish that. 
um, for ballet. I really hated performing in front of people, didn't want to finish that, but I did that for two years. Um, So now I really appreciate that. So that was really like my parents um, building discipline, I think, in my brother and me. It's just requiring us to finish things um, that hated then, really appreciate it now. Um, But something that a current thing I'm trying to be disciplined in is exercising. And what you guys can't see is that Danny and I both have our legs propped (laughs) up right now. Um, We both have injured ourselves (laughs) separately. Um, I was exercising last night, doing a HIIT workout, and I re-injured my knee. So really I'm just taking away that I shouldn't do HIIT workouts um, because I'm just gonna injure myself. So there you go. Wow. So for me, I like sports, and I remember being in eighth grade, and I told my cousin, who was an athlete, he was a college athlete, a little older than me, I said, yeah, I want to play on the high school baseball team. He's like, do you like running? I was like, no, I hate running. He's like, you better join cross country. And I was like, why? He's like, because the baseball coach makes everybody run all the time. Every time you do something wrong, you got to run. And he was right. He went to a totally different high school than I did, but he was right. And I'm glad I joined cross country. I lived in South Florida. <laughs> I absolutely hated every minute of it. The most I ever ran was eight miles at once because the coach made us. The minute cross country was over, I never run again for leisure. Uh, but I did have to run a lot for baseball, and I was probably in probably one of the better runners my freshman year. By my junior year, I wasn't. So I definitely lost it. But yeah, it was, so it was good. It was good for me to practice that discipline. I love athletics and sports but i definitely don't like running i know some people love running it's stress relief i like walking so i'm I'm, maybe that's why god put us together i mean when we went on our family trip to new york city we walked like 19 miles in one day and i didn't even notice it you know when we went to disney we tried to do the whole thing in one day in july and we i think my phone said we walked (laughs) what like 18 miles in one day like so we did it you know so i so i definitely enjoy walking uh i think Failures are normally when I try to just, I don't know. I just th- I just think sometimes, I, I, I like to do things in bursts. So I get really excited about something and I'll do it I'll in, intensely. And then some things I'll just try and just like running and it just didn't work. So yeah, so I, I think I'm not generally a disciplined person, but I do like the things I like, I really like. So I can be very disciplined in the things I like and the things I don't like. I'm not disciplined in, and that leads us, that's a good segue into our topic for today, which is spiritual disciplines. And um, we're going to, before we start, I just want to just explain what spiritual disciplines are, and we're, we're basing this today's podcast on the classic book written by Richard Foster about 50 years ago called uh, Spiritual Disciplines. And um, in his book, um, Foster comes up with a list of 12 And he talks about inward disciplines, outward disciplines, and corporate disciplines, disciplines we do together. But before we get into that, I just want to ask, just share briefly your experience with spiritual disciplines and your Christian walk and why you think they've they've been helpful for you. So... Yeah, I think, uh, well, well, first I just want to say to to the listener that Danny did send us a PDF of this book last night. It's like, here, you guys, you can can skim it. So it's like uh, a 200-page book, book, so just... You know, as a as light preparation beforehand. <laughs> uh, not only did we get get that book, but then it's like there's also this other list from Donald Whitney's book on on spiritual discipline. So, uh, which is probably I, I don't even know. I haven't read that book either. But uh, you know, I did skim it, and I don't know if I if I'll recall any of it. But uh, I at least tried. And um, and so uh, yeah, I think for for me like spiritual disciplines I, th- I think even what like what comes to mind when I think of spiritual disciplines and um, you know it's it's like the mainstays it's like Bible study it's prayer it's it's fasting it's um, you know those those kinds of, of habits that you're trying to build in but, but then I think there, there are also things like like life and community I think is is a is a spiritual discipline I think uh, like worship and and like weekly gathering is a is a uh, spiritual discipline, I think, um, and then, and and so like doing life in community, and uh, then also like solitude and, and all these different kinds of things. I think uh, kind of learning the difference between loneliness and solit- solitude, and um, like other people pursuing these things and, and seeing these as as uh, yeah. I, I think it's helpful to make the distinction. I think some people would think of spiritual disciplines and think, oh, like 
uh, isn't that just a bunch of workspace stuff? Like, isn't isn't the the Christian life all about grace? Um, and so I don't I don't have to do anything. I don't have to earn my way, or I don't have to strive for for um, for like being more like God. Like that's just something that that the Lord gets me with. Or, or uh, maybe maybe you are you do maybe some personalities are more disciplined. So you're like very structured. And you think like this is this is the means by which I'm going to be right with God. And you don't you wouldn't necessarily say that, but you kind of turn it into that. You turn it into this like I have to have this disciplined life. But I've I think I've learned to to see that these spiritual disciplines as, as more of like habits or, or means of, of grace for me and, and just growing and, and like even benefiting uh, from other believers who, you know, like if a friend sends me, uh, like I remember in high school, a friend would send me uh, a Bible passage and he'd be like, dude, you gotta, you gotta read this. Like this is uh, so good. And so I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know <laughs> naturally what that verse said. So I, you know, what I did is I went and I, I read it and I was like, wow, that's really, and then I would like send him uh, text back a, another verse or, you know, like, and, and so I think like being able to engage in God's word in that way and like kind of letting that birth a, a love and a desire to, uh, to read God's word and, and through that to, to know God, to have a relationship with him and then to like, um, you know, allowing, allowing these diff- different habits to like grow me up in my faith and allow me to practice my faith and to li- live it out among um, other believers and to, to learn uh, what it means to, to have a relationship with God. I, f- I feel like the, these habits have been really uh, important in doing that. Yeah, I uh, just my background with rules and lists, I'm a rule follower, so and also let's be real, a bit of an overachiever. So when I get a list, that's ideal for me. I have something I can tangibly work through. Um, and that has led, related to spiritual disciplines, has led to a lot of guilt for me over the years. Um, in like wanting to do all these things, um, which the spiritual disciplines are not even like a clearly written out list in the Bible, like the Ten Commandments, right? So um, they're sprinkled all throughout. But um, I think I've learned as I've lived in different seasons that spiritual disciplines can look a little bit different in each season. Um, And just like Eric's saying, that it's God teaches us and corrects us and encourages us through disciplines. yeah, I think I am slowly learning and will continue to learn um, how these can be so helpful just in sanctification and growth. It's good that you say that. Yeah, because I think sometimes even people hearing this podcast, some people are like, oh, great. This is good. I need more discipline in my life. Other people are like, oh, great. Another list, another thing. I thought it's like it, it goes back to that. But Foster, the guy who wrote the book, and he, I've actually personally met him, just a very humble, genuine guy. Like he definitely lives a balanced life. And he says in the book itself, it says toward the beginning, the introductory chapter, it says, the spiritual disciplines are intended for our good. They are meant to bring the abundance of God into our lives. But he says, it is possible, however, to turn them into another set of soul killing laws. Law bound disciplines breathe death. So hear us out as we say this, like the disciplines are meant to bring you in to Christ, bring you into the presence of God, and but just like anything, we can turn them into something that actually becomes law-bound, you know, things that br- bring death. So today we're trying to like just really hone in on ways that these these disciplines can bring life. And um, yeah, Erica, how about you share your experience with this? Yeah. Um, so even though I said I'm not a very disciplined person, I really love the spiritual disciplines um, and been really helpful in my life. Um, You know, I think I can't see God. I've never heard God audibly, um, but I see the disciplines as gifts that help me see what is unseen, help me um, see what is um, what is spiritual, kind of focus my attention and put me in a posture where I can um, better hear from God. I feel like also they're part of relationship building, just like um, like a couple might, you know, have a date night or um, with a friend, you might have a set time or activity you do together. Like it's like relationship building with God. Um, right now, I'm actually taking a class on uh, spiritual formation, and has we've discussed the disciplines a lot, and I feel like it's been really fun to learn and practice different disciplines, and of course. 
no one person could do all of these. I mean, there's not enough time. Even if you picked one a day for a month, you just couldn't, and it wouldn't be helpful. So I think it's kind of fun to see the unique way God has made you and your personality and what helps you. I know, like, for me, um, I can't really think without writing. I don't even know how I feel about something until I write. So journaling and journaling my prayers has been really helpful um, for me, um, just as an example. Yeah, and I'm about to give the list of 12. Some of you at home are like, man, we're like 15 minutes into this podcast, and he hasn't even said what they are. Like, what are you doing, Danny? And part of that is intentional. I'm hanging you, keeping you on the edge of your seat. <laughs> but yeah, for me, as a generally undisciplined person, I mean, I'm disciplined at the moment. I get really excited about something. But in general, I was the guy who like, I mean, literally at Auburn, I got a C on a history test one time, and I love history because I was reading the stuff on a different chapter than the test we were supposed to, but I got really into like a different chapter of the book that wasn't for like a couple weeks. So I got an A on that test. So that's kind of how my mind wanders. So I'm not the super disciplined person, but for me study, like studying the Bible, I just love the Bible. So I've, I've, I've been really good at that. So some people think I'm disciplined at it. It's just that that just energizes me. And then also just service. I like serving in the church. I like being part of that. And then I also like celebration. I like celebrating what God's done. So there's three of the 12 on this list that I just kind of do naturally, that really excite me. So I tend to hone in on those most of the time at the neglect of the other nine. And I, and I think for me, this list is grace because I look at it and I'm like, oh good, like these are goals. These are ways that I can, you know, try to organize my life to be more like Christ. So I've definitely seen this work in my life where I'm just like, oh, all these things are mentioned in the Bible. All these things are disciplines of grace and that's a, a jerry bridges term saying like if if the disciplines become law like stop it but when when you really accept god's grace you realize that these things help develop your inner life so you can really be the person that god's called you to be be the true human that god's called you to be so that that's a little bit of my experience well i'm going to read the list now so i'm going to read the whole 12 and then i'll we'll go into each section and j- just kind of talk about our own experiences in each section. So the disciplines of personal development, the inward disciplines, prayer, communicating with God, meditation, focusing on God and his will, fasting, a reminder of the source of all nourishment is is God, study, careful attention to the reality that God reveals to us, especially through the Holy Scripture. Then the next set of four is disciplines of service to the body. These are outward disciplines. Simplicity, seeking God's kingdom first. Submission, placing God's will above one's own. Uh, Solitude, withdrawing from the world to spend time with God. Service, supportive action toward others. And then the final one are the corporate disciplines, disciplines of service with the body of Christ. Confession, acknowledging one's sin sin with and to others in the community of faith. Guidance, giving and receiving direction from others along the journey with Jesus. Celebration, taking joy and is what God in in what God has done and worship giving giving God glory through our attitudes and our actions so those are the 12 uh the first ones prayer meditation fasting and study so I just want to ask you guys uh as you look at that list uh which ones do you gravitate toward naturally and yeah which ones maybe have you had to grow in um yes like you, I um, really enjoy studying the scripture, so that has been um, one that I gravitate towards. I think a lot of us who kind of became a Christian in a discipleship model, like a, a college ministry or things like that, um, that's probably true because that of us, because that's kind of the model in which we were, were taught um, discipleship and growth as through Bible study. Um, also, uh, prayer and meditation, I, I tend to gravitate towards. I feel like in recent years, I've just learned some different ways to pray, too, that have been helpful. Um, ones that have been hard for me, challenging for me, are fasting. Um, that's just been, um, yeah, a difficult discipline for me. I think one challenge, too, is sometimes I don't see the results as easily as some of the others. If I study the word, I walk away often with new truth, um, with prayer, I feel closer to God. Fasting has been um, an area I just want to explore more and grow in more. Um, I think maybe 
the easiest one for me is meditation, the focusing on God and his will. Um, I think I've grown in study and really enjoying study um, along with meditation in the past few years. I think the women's Bible studies have been really helpful for me in that. Um, I think one that is good but I don't do very often is solitude. I'm like really withdrawing from the world to spend time with God. Um, I have seen when I've done that, just it's been awesome, um, but there's so many distractions that take away my um, attention. So that's harder for me to do. Yeah, you, you both mentioned uh, meditation as being something that, that maybe is a strength. I feel like that's maybe not necessarily one that is like, like readily brought up or defined or talked about as often. What, what do you all mean? And like, what, what does it look like to, to meditate? Yeah, I think one distinction too is Christian meditation uh-huh. is different than meditation from like other religions where I think the goal in most other religions is kind of to disconnect from your thoughts, from yourself, where um, in Christian meditation you're trying to connect to God. Um, I would say like one place that's really helped me with that is the Psalms, like, but also other parts of Scripture where you'll take a smaller portion of Scripture and really pray through that spend some time thinking through that, reading it several times, as opposed to study, where I feel like in study, you're really looking like, what does this mean? What does it mean in its context? Um, how can I apply it? Where meditation is more, um, how can I hear from God in this passage, too? So. Yeah. Um, I The two I'm better at is study. Obviously, you guys have heard my sermons. I hand out notes and handouts and stuff. (laughs) I mean, I just love to study God's Word. It's just maybe 17 years old, kind of got the study Bible with the youth group. You know, I was graduating high school. They're like, here's the study Bible. It's like, holy cow, like all the verses linked together. And, you know, I read every note and, you know, just just it's always been something that I, I love. But I think meditation, too. And I think I like to just... I mean, most people think of me as an extrovert, but I also like to just think, like just literally stare at a wall and think. When I drive, I sometimes don't have music. I like going on long road trips because I can just just think. And I think about, I'm meditating on truths about God. Like, because I think I just absorb so much knowledge in my study that sometimes I'm like, oh, I got to think about this. Like, I can't just absorb. So God's, so for me, meditation isn't, quite the same as some other brothers and sisters but it is me really thinking about wow god is good now i know for some people meditation can be stressful because you're like because i've actually done a class i'm like think about the trinity and for me that's awesome but for other people it freaked them out they're like i don't want to think about that i don't want to think about Mm -hmm. eternity you know that's like scary so so i think for meditation i would suggest Start with your, your life first, or the, like read the stories of Jesus. Like even today in staff meeting, Erica's led the devotion, and she had us read the story where Jesus comes and, and walks on water, and Peter has to come to him. And, and the discipline Erica wanted to, to help us see was just close your eyes and listen to it. Imagine yourself like you were there. Like picture this is like a physical place, and these are real people. So I think there's a lot of ways to meditate on the scripture. It doesn't have to just be deep theological thoughts it can also just be like like what does it mean that you know jesus says i'm with you always to the end of the age like like you know in, in that yeah and in that we don't have to be afraid of like using our imagination when we engage scripture as well like a, a lot of the original audience they were hearing these parables spoken and when you hear a story you imagine what's happening in the story that that's a gift that we have um when we're engaging in scripture. And there's something about Jesus says over and over again, like, come like a little child. And I remember when our kids were little and Erica would read to them uh, stories and they'd be on the edge of their seats, like, you know, Beverly Cleary or the Narnia books, you know, and they literally like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And and I'm on the edge of my seat. Like, I, I never read the Little House on the Prairie books. And I'm like, wow, they had a rough life, you know. We're listening to these books on tape as we're driving, and I'm like, holy cow, like, they're going to fall through the ice. Or, you know, like, I'm just, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm not, like, going to get in a wreck. Like, we're driving on this long road, family road trip, and I'm like, I'm engaged. So, yeah, that's, that's, there's multiple ways of meditation. So, it, it's not meant to stress you out. It should meant to bring you into 
Christ and, and the scriptures and his will. Megan, did you have any thoughts on um, just one way that you see I've um, enjoyed meditating is in nature. I really like nature. I love to go on a hike. Um, and I think, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. Just wondering at God's creation, I think, is one way that I enjoy meditating. Okay. And before we move on to the outward disciplines, the elephant in the room is fasting. We, from the uh, non-denominational Baptist Protestant tradition, are... are, are uh, our church services are based on casseroles and, and <laughs> lots of food, so fasting is definitely not on our radar. Uh, but fasting is a discipline that is very clear in both the Old and New Testament. Jesus says, you know, when that they will fast one day, and he says, when you fast. Um, so I, there is a sermon that I preached about two years ago on fasting where I, I go into a little bit more detail. I'll, we don't have show notes, but I'll actually just, <laughs> I'll, I'll, we made a joke about that before the meeting started, but I'll, I'll put a link to that sermon about prayer and fasting in the, uh, when this goes out on Realm and, and goes out. So just, just so you, you, you can listen to that. But I feel like fasting is important and fasting doesn't have to be just food, but food is a very good way to fast. And if you do it together with people, Sometimes that helps. And then also you could start just two meals. Like if you just do breakfast and lunch and then eat a sensible dinner, that's a good way. Trace has put out some good stuff. So we, we have some, uh, Trace from our church, one of our elders has, has put, had a blog post on fasting. We have some resources for you. If, if you wanna inc- just learn what fasting is, just, just ask one of us and we, we can help you in that. But we, we really do wanna take that seriously, even though that's probably the one that is the easiest to neglect. Yeah, um, I think. I think uh, just just to add on to that, I think that um, you know, last year, last summer, uh, the youth we, we went through a series just talking about spiritual disciplines, and one of the, one of the weeks we spent talking about fasting. And I th- I think that um, one of the things that I, I joked with them about is like if we if we were to give spiritual disciplines a superlative then uh, fasting would probably be the, the front runner for least liked or um, one Le- that is most neglected. Least likely to succeed. Yeah, it's like least likely <laughs> to succeed. Most, most likely to be neglected or, you know, like, all, like all, the, all the negative things. Like we'd say negative things about it. But I think that, um, you know, one of the things, this is a quote from a, from a pastor up in Minneapolis named David Mathis. He says, uh, in Christ, fasting is not just a Godward expression of our need. It is not just an admission that we are not full. Fasting is a statement in the very midst of our need that we are not empty. And so I, I really appreciate a lot of, of, uh, of what he has like had to say about just, just in like learning about fasting too. Because of, of, um, I mean, there are, there are seasons for fasting, there are seasons for feasting. It's not, it's not that uh, fasting is this like call to an ascetic life or asceticism, but, but it, is, it is meant to be uh, it does have a purpose. It does have a place, and so uh, I think I think that um, especially in a in a day when we want easy access, everything um, fasting can be. And and I think that uh, if there's no forethought in in approaching fasting, then it, you're, there's going to be a lot of oversight. You're gonna, you're going to miss the actual uh, like richness and sweetness of fasting because uh, like in, in these things, like as, as we talked about from the very beginning, like discipline, spiritual disciplines, it's inviting us to, to know God more. It's inviting us to, to grow in, in our relationship with him, to, to love him, to, to like live this Godward life or to grow in, in godliness, to be like him. And I think that um, being able to deny ourselves, like that's, that seems hard. And, and, and so I think if, if fasting is only ever thought of as losing something, then it's always going to be unappealing. But if we if we can shift to, to seeing fasting as as gaining more of God, and then even even seeing that uh, you know something that C.S. Lewis talks about is uh, when you make when you make secondary things primary things, then ultimately you lose the primary. You lose what's essential. But if you if you keep what's essential essential, then you can then, then all the the secondary things fall in place. And I, I feel like fasting is is kind of like doing that. It's like uh, it's it's. Uh, trying to, to attune yourself again to the Lord, trying to hear Him, trying to trying to receive more of Him. That uh, again, it's we, we deny ourselves of of these uh, good things of good things. You know, food is a very good thing. Uh, ESPN can be a really good thing in its proper place for for those who uh, have ears to hear. But um, 
but I think uh, I think the the purpose of like gaining more of God and and like seeking His face, and even even when you feel that 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 desire, that yeah. craving come about, like we did a thirty hour famine with the youth group a few years ago, and it's like when you're not eating for thirty hours straight, at some point you're gonna feel hungry, and and so what do you think about when you feel hungry? Uh, well, what if what if that like craving prompted you to think about the Lord and, and prompted you to seek his word and prompted you to, to go to him in prayer. I think that, you know, mm-hmm. that, that kind of intentionality and fasting is, is a beautiful thing. And I think yeah. that's, I think that's the point. Yeah. Thanks Eric for sharing that. Um, so I did for, skip one question. I want to, is there anything you'd add to this list of the inward disciplines? I know at staff meeting journaling, uh, when we talked about this last week at staff meeting, journaling and made it and actually on Donald Whitney, another, he kind of wrote out like a follow-up book to Foster's book, just to help people think through it. He thought you could divide scripture reading, scripture meditation, and scripture application, like not just study, but thinking about them as, you know, as individual disciplines along with journaling. But any any other ones you guys wanted to think that you might add or might encourage people with? Yeah, um, along with scripture, scripture memory as one too, and that's something uh, especially um, that can be done in community. Um, and earlier I mentioned just types of prayer. Um, I think one thing this past year that has been on the radar for a lot of Christians that maybe was in the back bur- on the back burner before is lament. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we've had a lot to, to lament. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and recently I was reading about um, the form of lament that I thought was really, really helpful. The form of a lot of the lament psalms. And basically you begin with a complaint. And the complaint can be really raw and honest. Why are you allowing these injustices, God? It can be in form of the question. And then from the complaint, the request, I ask you, you know, break these chains, stop this, you know, injustice or help me to overcome whatever it is, your what you want. And then it always ends, or often ends, there's a couple that don't, but mostly with the resolution of I'll trust in you and um, going back to the character of God. So I think that's like a pretty simple format you can use on your own when you feel overwhelmed or in groups when you lament. So I thought that was really helpful. Another thing is a thankful list. Like we don't think of that as being a spiritual discipline, but I think that's kind of like an act of childlike faith. I know at different seasons of my life when I've been struggling with contentment and stuff, just keeping a list like at a night thing of three things I'm thankful for that day. Again, something else you can do in community. Um, and one other thing is just the arts, um, that God has, um, he's creative and he's gifted us. So whether that means, you know, writing a song or poetry or painting as a form of spiritual discipline and worship or even examining a film through the lens of being open to what is the Holy Spirit showing me about the world and God and myself through this, so. Yeah, I would just say that, um, you know, I, I think that's really helpful too, because, you know, like the, I think of the Psalms and when you're describing laments or just even uh, had a had a professor who one time said that the, the Psalms are the only book in the Bible where you can start with heresy and like kind of work your way through it. You know, you can, okay. you can say what you really think or, or you know, <laughs> And, and God meets you in that, like, like you're, the fact that you're going before the Lord in that. And so I think, uh, even when it, when I think about lament, like when it comes to laments, I think, you know, maybe, maybe we struggle with that because we, th- we, we have this constant mindset of, oh, God will just make all things work together for our good. So I never have to think about the sad things. Or maybe, maybe the, the obstacle is that like God is in control. So like, he's already aware of this. Why would I go to him if he, like, he could have prevented this. And, and so I think, um, I think that is learning something important about God by being able to uh, voice that to him and like kind of work through um, like our, our emotions and our thoughts and like how we're, how we're processing uh, the hurts and, and the trials and the, the challenges and uh, the frustrations and, and uh, feeling maybe sometimes, you know, I think that it's, it's a good reminder, um, you know, the things that we do are making deposits. They are formative and, and like the way that we're going, who we're becoming. Um, and so I think being able to go before the Lord in that, that uh, you could, it could lead you to despair if you resist these things. But, but I think like uh, lamenting can lead to hope. And, and I think that's a powerful thing. I, I would just add too that um, 
just just there being different expressions of of some of these different things. So like when I think of prayer, I think you know there's there's private prayer and there's also public prayer. There's like praying alone. There's praying together, um, and those are all uh, you know. Uh, when when you're in a space where you know that you're going to be prompted to pray, that it's a good thing to be in that space in that environment. But I think it's also like when you, when you are never when there's no like social pressure when there's never uh, when when you're outside of those spaces do you pray and mm-hmm. and uh, when you're like alone by yourself what what like what's what's in the 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 heart like what what's coming out of you that you would ask the Lord about and um, do you ask that and so I think I think those are you know just uh, not not adding to it but just giving nuance to even these different mm-hmm. categories yeah and yeah. I think it's good. And I think with prayer, just it's something we can always grow in. Even though you meet the prayer warriors and they're like always learning. God is always showing them new ways to to draw into the presence of God and to worship God through prayer and to petition God and to, and to you know, give thanksgiving. So prayer is, you know, something that we all can grow in. And if, if you're struggling with this, we have a prayer ministry and we have people who would love to help walk you through ways to grow in personal prayer. As far as me, the only thing I would add is I think listening to the Bible being read is good for me. Like I just have pretty much, I always have at least 10 or 11, you know, just, just a dozen uh, books of the Bible in my mix on my phone so that I can at any time. And sometimes I don't catch it all because I'm driving or whatever, but I like just having it on in the background. And I'm, t- I'm a terrible memorizer, but I'm a great paraphraser. And I think just listening to it over and over and over again, I just chose one translation. I just kind of chose NIV as my translation, and I just listen to the NIV uh, all the time. And it's it's really been helpful. So that's that's been something that's been good for me personally, especially as an undisciplined person. Now we're going to move on to the outward disciplines, simplicity, solitude, submission, and service. And um, these are kind of inward that become outward because you're doing these inward, but uh, you're doing, by doing these things, you're you're actually by withdrawing even solitude foster puts that it seems like an inward one but by going into solitude you're removing yourself so that you can be more more uh beneficial to the body so like jesus did so which of these uh have you gravitated toward naturally and which ones are hard for you and or which ones have you and you, you might have grown in these as you walk with jesus so I would say the inward disciplines that we just discussed, those are probably more natural for me. I'm kind of a contemplative person. Um, the outward disciplines, I've really just had to, to grow in. Um, I'm constantly being stretched to grow in. Um, as I think of solitude, I think, you know, we think of withdrawing from people. Um, but now in our technical age, I would say solitude might more often mean withdrawing from like social media, from all the input that we have constantly at our fingertips. Like when we have, I know that I've discovered that often I'll be in a line just waiting to check out and I've already got my phone out or, you know, I'm eating a snack. Oh, I can't just eat a snack. I need to be on my phone scrolling something, but like recently, trying to resist that urge and just be in the moment to look around me, to look at people around me, to maybe even take that moment to like pray. Um, For service, I'm not someone who naturally knows where to serve. I know some people who just, they just see immediately what needs to be done. Um, and that is just not where I am, but I'm growing. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to kind of show me. Thankfully, in my job, I have um, opportunities to, to exercise the skill and to practice new ways um, to serve. So, yeah. Um, I think this, the disciplines of service to the body, the outward disciplines, body of Christ, um, are a little bit more hard for me to grasp um, than the ones we were just talking about, the inward disciplines. Um, I agree, Erica, though, I recently, someone organized a fast for somebody, and I chose to fast from the noise, um, which was really helpful for solitude. Um, And it was, like, really hard, um, harder than I thought it was going to be, which I hate. I just hate that I'm so attached to, like, 
technology. Um, so that was a good uh, practice of discipline that I'd like to practice more often. I think service does come a little more naturally to me, probably out of the four of these. Um, but I, I do love how different parts of the body naturally are better at different disciplines. So as a whole, um, we can do these really well together, which doesn't mean that we shouldn't all like seek opportunities to practice and grow in, in the disciplines. Yeah, I think um, of, of these four, which we, I, we joked about like all the S's, right? Like simplicity, submission, solitude, service. Uh, I, I wonder if, uh, if Sabbath can fall in somewhere in there and uh, maybe maybe think about like stewardship stewardship um, so I like just just within I, I wouldn't say that I, I, I guess I would think that maybe solitude would would come most naturally for for me but um, I, I don't think that I'm like great at any of these so I think I think like wanting to wanting to learn uh, and grow in, in these different areas. I think that um, one of the things that I would say is, you know, maybe maybe the idea of submission. I know in, in our culture is a little more taboo. It's not not something that, but but I think that that's actually one that I I uh, like, especially in being within the church body, uh, have have gotten to to practice and grown in a lot of being able to be in spaces, being in environments where. Uh, we get to talk about a lot of different things and, and thinking about making a lot of different kinds of decisions as, as it relates to uh, the, the gathered body, uh, you know, our, our church family. But then um, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not like, you know, submitting to the, the elders of the church and submitting to uh, the, like, you know, Paul talks about submitting to one another. I feel like we, you know, we, we practice submitting to the congregation that, uh, you know, if we, if we want to see something done, it's like, well, there's a, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. We can't just say, bam, like it's done. It's like, no, we'd have to, we'd have to initiate a conversation with the body and like, we'd have to talk to the elders and then the congregation, and then we'd have to, you know, have some dialogue in, in these different spaces. And then, uh, we'd have to come to a decision and whatever decision is made, we'd, we'd, uh, we'd kind of follow with that. And it's like, you know, living with living within the confines of that, it's like okay, like that's that's how we are operating. That's and and um, so it's not and and all of that all of that is trying to fall under the, the and, and submit to the to headship of Christ. That he he's the head of the body. We're and we're we're members of that. And so I think um, you know that's like being in this kind of environment has been really really beneficial in, in that way of like being able to, to kind of practice some of what it means to to submit to one another. Um, and even like together that, uh, you know, it's, it's not about jockeying for position. It's not about me trying to get my way. Um, but it's about genuinely considering what's best for, uh, not just me, but, but for the whole. And, uh, we, we determine that based on what, what we believe God is calling us to do. And so I think, I think that's been helpful. Yeah. Praise God. And, and to be honest, one of the things we're trying to do here at waypoint is really submit to one another out of reverence for christ you know follow that command from paul and and look at philippians 2 the first you know nine or ten verses where it's saying having the humility of christ and what, what does it mean to really just submit to one another and, and submit to god ultimately and, and his plan and his will for us as a local body so it's a beautiful thing i think for me i naturally was good at service and service gets instant rewards you know, if you're good at solitude, like no one really cares. But if you're good at service, like you get praised as a in youth group, you know, you're, oh, Danny, he's such a good kid, you know, whatever. So I think I just kind of built my Christian walk around service, which isn't a bad thing, but it also was partly because I liked being, feeling, you know, like people needed me and I, I liked the the feeling of, of being useful. But I, I think I've grown in, in submission that, because I think I just kind of grew up with the American dream, you know, it's just like, get ahead like I submit to no one except for myself I'm you know if I work hard and I can make lots of money and do whatever I want and you know I'll give God 10% but my time and my everything is my own and I think as I begin to submit my time and my resources to God I, I feel like God's given me my life but back the life that I was meant to live so I've, I've really grown in that and I do go to Philippians to 
often and just have to continually remind myself that that's what it means to be a follower of Christ, someone who submits to the will of God, and in that we get Christ, which is better than anything the world has to offer. So I, I wouldn't say I started my Christian life good at it, but I, I've definitely grown in that, and I, I thank God for that. Yeah, and one thing, I guess, if um, the elephant in the room with the earlier ones was fasting, I'd say simplicity is the one in this in this mm-hmm. set. Um, and because it's kind of confusing, we don't really talk what is simplicity, but um, I just read uh, actually two books, like part of a Richard Foster book on simplicity and another book that was about the simplicity of Jesus. And they were they were challenging and they were so overwhelming because I think America is so far from this. The idea that Jesus um, didn't even have a home, didn't even have a place to, to lay his head, that like we're so... Um, dependent on more and more stuff. And um, some of the challenges that Foster offered was like, um, before you purchase things, ask, um, like, do I really need this? Could I borrow this? Uh, Practicing simplicity and community where together with other people, you, um, you might purchase one thing and share it. If like someone, like maybe it's a tool or something that you would need all the time. Um, the idea of, um, it goes with stewardship too, the idea that then you would have more to give. And also the idea kind of with fasting that Eric brought up, if you think of fasting as just like losing, I'm just not eating, then, I mean, who's motivated to do that? But when you think I'll have more of Christ. And so the idea is that kind of our stuff, all this stuff that we've added to our life we're serving it as our master, but we could have more of Christ, more freedom, if we think through a more simple life. Yeah. And if any of you have never seen it, go right now and watch Veggie Tales, Madame Blueberry. <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. Danny no. always with the Veggie Tales. Yeah, it's so good. Like it's, it's it'll teach you not to have too much stuff. Uh, no, but on a more serious note, so what what would you guys add uh, to this list? The staff when we were talking. Uh, thought about stewardship of time and money um, and then Sabbath and just about giving and then with time it'd be margin like do you have enough margin in your life where you really could serve others or you can take some time for solitude are you so swamped is your life so unsimple that you're so swamped that you have no margin now I understand if you have young kids or whatever you're probably listening to this and you're like shut up Danny like come put you're pulling your hair out there are seasons when you know a family member's sick or you have young kids or something a newborn baby that there's literally no margin or you're, you know you're a medical student and you're your you're, you know uh, exam time but when you but you can't we can't live like that forever so learning these these patterns are something that I think I would not just add to the list but maybe expand the list a little bit I would say just to showing mercy and uh, showing hospitality. All right, so we're going to move on to the final section. We're in the home stretch. Uh, disciplines of service, like with the body of Christ, corporate disciplines, confession, guidance, celebration, and worship. So which one of these do you gravitate toward naturally, and, and which ones have you had to grow in? I think it's interesting when I think about this because I grew up in the church. And so going to church on Sunday is a very normal thing for me. Um, and it has been most of my life. Um, I think I didn't realize how much I need it until being in the sanctuary. This past Sunday was my first time in the sanctuary um, since COVID began. And man, I was just <laughs> crying when Gina and Gina were um, helping us worship through the song Promises. Um, I just loved hearing other people sing. Um, it, it was just so good for me. Um, I, I think I didn't know how much I need it. Yeah. So I guess that's, I don't know, worship, celebration, both. Yeah, I love... Um I love music, but I can't sing, so I need the body, and I need the body to sing very loudly, because <laughs> then I can have the freedom to, to worship loudly, too. And so I think, yeah, I love just being with the body. And like Megan, I didn't realize how special it was until uh, recent years. And also when we uh, lived overseas, we couldn't worship with a big church body, so we um, really longed for that um, as well. 
Um, although we had sweet time with our little house church. Um, I think uh, confession. When I was young, I went to a church that did corporate confession. And, you know, I think at that stage, I just kind of read, oh, yeah, we confess, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't until um, as an adult, Danny and I were back at a church with a corporate confession. And I started re- actually reading the words. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. It was really helpful to have um, words to help me to confess the things that I had done and the things that I hadn't done and the things that we have done as a community. I think as Americans, we're so individualistic that we're going to say, well, I'm not, you know, for instance, racism. I'm not racist, so I'm not going to confess that. But no, as a community, how have we how have we dishonored God and grieved the heart of God? So that's been helpful. And then just one quick word on celebration. I think like we discussed earlier, if we only celebrate and we don't lament, we're going to be off balance. But if we only lament and we don't celebrate, we're also going to be off balance. So I think there have been seasons in my life where it's been harder to celebrate. Um, and again, that's when the body has been helpful too. Yeah, and I think you know, speaking to this idea of balance, like if you're only about solitude, not about the the, the corporate or like the the gathered body, then you know that that can be imbalanced. But if you're uh, all about the gathered body, but not about solitude. That can also be imbalanced. And um, but I, but I think even you know like like what happens when the, the the body of Christ does gather together. Like and you know when, when we can sing uh, sing these songs and, and like uh, we're, th- these are all th- things that are teaching us. Like to to be in that space and to hear my brother or sister in Christ beside me singing like that. That is a ministry to me, and, and I'm I'm so blessed by it. like in ways that uh, I, I yeah like kind of like what Megan was saying like I remember uh, the the first the first one that we, we were like um, the first service that we had a few weeks ago where I just I remember talking to Pastor Lawrence and just saying that I don't know about everybody else but that I, that was so beneficial for me like I I benefited immensely from from being in that in that space and just being able to worship with uh, with the the body in part because we're not we're not completely together again yet but um, but I think even um, so, some things that I've I've even learned of you know just how formative that the entire service the entire worship service can be and just uh, leading us through uh, trying to trying to teach us trying to orient us I think that that Sunday gathering. Uh, is is a, is something that that orients us where we, we like throughout the week we can become so disoriented by all the things that are going on but we come into this space together and we're like no we we belong here we belong together as uh, and and the and why like w- the reason why we belong together is because of Christ and so we, we we are we are prompted to look to him again and again and um and even in in like the preaching of of God's word how uh, no, not everybody's going to in that space preach God's word, um, but that that is a community event where uh, I've I've been sitting among the body and 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 the spirit prompting me, like pricking me, convicting me that the spirit works in that space. It's a, it's a supernatural uh, environment where where uh, there's a lot of a lot of spiritual work that happens. It's formative that. Um, and that it's also, uh, you know, this is something that, again, with the youth group, we talked about this idea of, of preaching that, uh, like, what, what, is the, what is the congregation, what is the, the body upholding, what are they exalting as, as good and right and true, because uh, that's something that should be lifted up where, you know, how do you, how do you know if you have sound doctrine? How do you know if, you're, if what you're receiving is, is good or if it's, if it's off? And so that that even goes back into some of these other spiritual disciplines and how like uh, what what's happening in your inward life is is important for uh, for the outward life for the for the the corporate the gathered life where um, you know if we're not if we're not investing in these in these different ways if we're not we're, we're being we're constantly being formed and so like uh, like what the body praises what what do you celebrate what do you what do you lift up as as good and right and true i think like in in our community i think you know that that does lead into confession and, and lament and saying no this this is something that has happened or can happen uh the, like whether we've been silent about something or whether we've been actively passively we it's happened in this space we we are uh collective together a part of that and so i think like 
uh, when it comes to the, the word being preached like that, that's formative. And, um, you know, what are our ears itching to hear? Are we are our ears itching to hear the truth of God's word? Or do we want to hear what makes us feel good? Do we want to hear what we want to hear? Um, I think like being challenged in that way is a good thing, but it's also, it, it can be a space where, um, you know, if, if we're not paying attention, we could, we could be taking in things that are wrong. And uh, I think, I think I have seen that happen in the past, but I think like the Lord uh, is, is working through those things and works through in those spaces and those ways to really bless us. And, I, and so I just, um, yeah, I just really am thankful for that. Well, so for me, worship, celebration, and guidance have been natural. I like worship just because I like gathering together, singing praises to God. I like football games, I like concerts, and churches have grown to like it more because it's Jesus. <laughs> celebration, I, I really do enjoy celebrating uh, guidance is a weird one I like because I like verbal processing. I like dialogue. I like bouncing ideas to help each other grow. Uh, confession has been the hardest one for me. And I think confession, like Eric says, springs from the inner disciplines. Like, it's if, if you're doing the other ones, you're going to notice sin in your life. you got to tell somebody. you got to – and James says, you know, confess your sins one to another, James 5, 16. And I think that's a hard one. I think in an individual culture that, oh, thanks God for your grace. I can just tell you. I don't need to tell anybody else, but there's freedom in confession. And why it's a corporate discipline and not just an individual discipline is because as we confess our sins to each other, one, we're just showing the body that we don't have it all together all the time. I think that's a false view that, yeah, if you're a Christian, you never make mistakes. You do everything perfect. And that's an injustice to yourself and to the body so by confessing in small groups in the right settings not you stand up on sunday morning and tell your deepest darkest sins but in in the right settings and these structures that god allows us to have inside the church as you do that you really become more human like you're you're free to say hey i mess up and i'm trusting god and then the other person says hey i mess up and i'm trusting god so that, that's for me, uh, but I love these. And I forgot to, at the beginning, I said it's called Spiritual Disciplines by Richard Foster. It's actually called The Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster, if you're looking at the book. And it, it's a great book, but it's interesting. Celebration of Discipline. And Americans don't like discipline. We don't want to be disciplined, you know. But it is, but we want our football teams to be disciplined. We want our basketball teams to be, we want our military to be disciplined. We would hate it if we, yeah, they didn't really train or whatever. They just kind of showed up. The pilots didn't practice. We don't want to entrust our military to not be disciplined and, and not go through the regiments that would prepare them for for the battle. We wouldn't want our sports team to do that. But for some reason, discipline in our own lives, even though that analogy isn't perfect, it, we do need to train ourselves up. Paul actually even uses military and sports analogies to kind of help us see that those things are earthly and they're, they're going to fall apart. Armies and, and sports contests are going to fall apart, but we're disciplining ourselves, working out our salvation with fear and trembling, you know, running the race to win the prize for Christ. So let's do that together. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts or, or encouragements for the congregation as, as we end this time? I know it can be overwhelming to all of a sudden get this huge list, like, oh, wow, I can have to submit, I have to spend time alone, then spend time in community, then fast, then pray, then meditate. Like, don't feel overwhelmed by this. Um, yeah, take it one step at a time. Prayer is a great place to start. And if there's something else that you feel like God is prompting you, um, a tool to use to draw near to Him and draw near to, to others, to be a blessing to others, then um, I hope this has been helpful to step out in that. Yeah, I uh, I think I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I can be prone to guilt and legalism. And so um, just an encouragement that whether or not you do these things perfectly, that has no bearing on your identity. Um, your identity is in Christ alone. It's as um, uh, Jude says, we're called beloved and kept um, by God, not by ourselves. Um, so these things are freeing. These things... Um, bring joy and and are for our sanctification and for our glorification of God not ourselves so um, yeah just an encouragement to enjoy these things because they will um, grow your love for God yeah I would, I would just say like you know if you, if you think about it as I, I really I really want to know God 
and I really want to grow my relationship with him and I really want my life to look more like how he's called me to live then I would ask well like what would you do to do that you know what what are some of the things that seem uh like like pathways to to really grow and and like pursuing the Lord like like it to where it's not just theoretical but it's it's like daily living and I think um, you know, start there and, and keep growing in, in those spaces where you feel like, okay, this makes sense. Like, uh, I, I think, you know, maybe maybe thinking about it in terms of rather than discipline, maybe think about it as like a habit that you're forming of like we, we all have habits and routines and cycles and, and that, that fit within our, our calendars, our weeks or whatever. And, and I think those things are formative. And so I think, um, you know, the way you think, how you think about God matters and, and the way that you relate to his people matter and the way you relate to his world matters. And, um, and also like to, to be able to learn from people who are different from you, like people who, uh, maybe they experience or encounter God in, in different ways than you. And, um, to not just see that as, uh, like compare as like right or wrong or, or good or bad, but, but to, to then like take that and learn from them and say, wow, like, I love the way that you enjoy God and I, I want to learn more of that. Or, you know, just, uh, I think that's part of being in community together. Yeah. God is good. He's with us. This is a lifelong pursuit. Mm-hmm. You'll never, if you're, you don't go into this to become perfect. You go into this to just let, to become more like Jesus and let the spirit just give you joy and give you peace. And uh, we're here for you. We are the body. We're doing this together. And I, I look at Paul at the end of his life. He, he says to, to, to Timothy, he says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only me, but also all who have longed for his appearing. And that's us. We long for his appearing. We long for the day when Jesus will make all this right, when these disciplines won't even exist because we'll be in perfect unity with Christ. But we, through these disciplines, we can get Christ now and we can be the body together. So let's, let's be that. Let's continue to love one another and love God and love the triangle, love the nations as the body that he's called us to be. So you guys have a great week and uh, we'll see you on Sunday. See you Sunday. Have a great week. Peace.